Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the CPO Strategy Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Sean Galeopach, and this week we'll be joined by Ashifa Jumani, Director of Procurement at TELUS. We'll be talking about procurement's talent shortage, the industry's gender imbalance, and also why companies could be making a massive mistake by not implementing supply diversity into their supply chains. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the CPO Strategy Podcast. The dedicated procurement podcast brought to you by CPO Strategy Magazine that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding procurement transformation, digitalization, sustainability, talent, the procure tech ecosystem, and more. Each episode delivers powerful and inspiring insight from those who are leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The CPO Strategy Podcast. Disrupt. Transform. Evolve. Ashifa takes us on a trip through memory lane and talks about how she became interested in procurement to begin with. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I went to UBC and have a Bachelor of Science degree, so something completely different to what I'm doing now. I sort of fell into procurement, and I have to say it was kind of love at first sight. I had a wonderful mentor named Brenda Wiley, who I met as a junior buyer in my first procurement job, and I started out buying inventory and working in logistics, then working directly with suppliers, where I fell in love with negotiating and bringing deals together. I have been in computer distribution, the finance sector, pharmaceuticals, and now the technology sector at TELUS for over 13 years. I get to lead an amazing team of talented individuals, and I work on really cool projects, which is likely the reason I'm still there. Yeah, it was was something that I fell into in one of my first jobs, and my mentor was somebody who was purchasing at the time. Uh, She was buying computer distribution. And I paired up with her, started hanging out with her. And we just, I think, went on that journey together. So being able to connect with someone who was already doing it and really loved it and could show me the ropes was instrumental. When I first started at TELUS, it was 2010. I was, it was a very new procurement team. So I was part of maybe the original group hired. And there wasn't a lot in place at the time. So I've been able to see this evolution of just getting processes and tools together, working with the stakeholders internally, selling the value proposition of what procurement brings to the table. So I would say that is is a good few years in the beginning. And now we run pretty much like a well-oiled machine. And we have over 100 people in procurement at TELUS supporting various different lines of business. Procurement, like many industries, is suffering from a global talent shortage. With good people increasingly hard to find, Ashifa discusses how much emphasis she places on the importance of recruitment and retaining staff too. So people, you know, it's the most important thing is is the the people that you have. So in terms of hiring and retaining them, that I would say is the biggest challenge because it is a very tough marketplace right now for procurement people. There aren't enough of them and everybody wants them. 
So I hire very carefully. So I look for people who are, above all, a good cultural fit. TELUS has an exceptional culture, and we want to hire people with the values that we think are important, people who are excited about the work and learning, people who are coachable and motivated. Quite often, we get referrals from existing team members. We hire from our organization's website, LinkedIn, recruiters. And I retain staff by having the mindset that I'm here to serve them, support them and their mental health. I've heard horror stories of the way people have been treated at other companies, and I want to make sure that they know they are in a safe work environment where bad behavior won't fly. I have my team members' backs, and they know that. I also make sure I check in with them on things like workload, priorities, I provide guidance, and route to escalations where needed. Career development is also important. We have an employee survey that will indicate what we're doing well and what we need to focus on. We develop plans to address any areas that the team identifies as important. And I'm personally proud of the fact that many of my team members have developed their skills, which enabled them to move on to the next level in their careers. I'm lucky to be part of such a, a great organization that offers those kinds of opportunities because we'd like to retain the talent that we have grown and rather than see them leave our company. I think that more and more companies are realizing how important it is to have a procurement department. Depending on the size of the organization, what that looks like could be different anywhere. But considering everything we've been through over the pandemic um, and supply chain issues, I think procurement becomes increasingly important as a partner to the business in helping to solve those challenges that have come up during that time and continue to, to be driven. Um, so being able to go out to the market, source good people, make sure that they're, they feel part of the team, they are very clear on what their goals are, deliverables are, the expectations are. And the procurement team is a team that helps to make sure that the company can save money as well as avoid risk factors. Um, so if you don't have a procurement team, you tend to do all of this on your own and you may not have the deep knowledge that is required to negotiate contracts or negotiate pricing or terms. And so those things being as important as they are, I think more and more companies are realizing that and are trying to establish procurement. And that becomes a challenge because then we're all fighting for resources that are out there, which I don't think are growing as quickly as the need is growing. While there is still a major gender imbalance in procurement, progress is slowly being made to address significant diversity concerns. Ashifa reflects on what the landscape looked like when she first joined the industry to where it stands in comparison today. To be perfectly transparent, when I started in procurement years and years ago, I would quite often be the only female and minority in the room. And that is a challenge. And now I think things have changed where there is much more diversity in the workplace and in procurement in general, which was traditionally very male dominated. Now we have that great diversity of, of more females, probably more like 50-50 now, and lots of minorities as well. Um, if you look at my team, I would say probably 80% of it is minorities. And so I think that diversity of thought that you bring into your team is 
a game changer. And if more companies were open to looking at the procurement department as non-traditional and opening the door for that diversity of thought, it brings innovation as well. So I would, I would think that more companies would take advantage of that and diversify their organization. Supplier diversity is a topic close to Ashifa's heart. Supplier diversity in procurement can help promote innovation through the entrance of new products, services and solutions. It provides multiple channels from which to procure goods and services and also drives competition between a company's existing and potential vendors. But some companies still choose to operate without a program. Ashifa explains why this could be a mistake. So this is one of the loves of my life is supplier diversity. And the program today in a lot of companies requires dedicated resources and commitment from the business and the leadership to be successful. It's well underway in most companies and the government, but there's still a long way to go. TELUS has a membership with all the accredited organizations in Canada and procurement leaders in our company are either board members or participants in diversity events where we provide sponsorships. We use these opportunities to get involved and contribute to the success of the diverse companies. In our annual planning cycle with the business, we include plans to engage with diverse suppliers that could provide goods or services that we need. I feel that we've come a long way in a few short years But the end goal is to not have a separate program for diverse and Indigenous suppliers, but to have them embedded in our day-to-day sourcing activities. Until then, we continue to advocate for the inclusion of diverse and Indigenous suppliers with the business, as well as work with our Tier 1 suppliers on opportunities to partner with those businesses. You know, I believe that there are still companies out there that don't have a program. And I know this because I mentor companies on how to start a program in their organization. The cost of not having a program is innovation, plain and simple. Diverse businesses are agile thought leaders and will bring innovation to an organization that would otherwise continue to do business with those that have been longtime partners, even if they aren't necessarily doing a good job. My personal experience has been that I can call up a diverse business that we're partnered with, and they will always be happy to support and guide as thought leaders. Not all large organizations are like that. Not all large company partners are like that. It's also important to note that diverse suppliers are part of our community, and we need to support their economic growth. I definitely think Going through the pandemic and the subsequent supply shortages and everything that kind of domino affected from there was a wake-up call for a lot of companies. And diverse suppliers are another source of goods and services that could have been tapped into during that time. One example I can give you is with the shortage of PPE during the pandemic, as we all know about. And we were able to work with some smaller diverse businesses to source PPE, where the regular suppliers we had were not able to provide it due to shortages in the market, as well as other companies buying up all of their inventory. So engaging diverse suppliers when you have a need for products and services gives you that alternate supply source, as well as increased competitiveness. It's definitely on our agenda. It is one of the pillars under sustainability and is an 
as important as digital transformation. It is it's a necessity and it is addressed in our supplier code of conduct as an important part of our business and should be an important part of our supplier's business. It's great for an infusion of innovation and agility, as well as the way we support the economic development and success of our communities. This is a huge marketplace out there with opportunity for those amazing diverse suppliers to grow and thrive given the chance Diversity and competition in the marketplace is actually good for all of us. I, I think more and more organizations are looking at the fact that their typical partnerships were great for when they had them, but maybe it's lacking innovation now. Maybe things need to be shaken up. And the way to do that is with all these great businesses, whether they're minority-owned, business-owned, Indigenous, they are able to tap into those talent pools and bring different kinds of innovation to the table so that they can take their business forward and not remain stagnant because the world will pass you by if you don't evolve and um, and start thinking about what your next, you know, 5, 10, 15 years are going to look like. Indeed, change is a contentious topic for many organisations. It's like Marmite. Some people love it and some hate it. However, if done effectively, the positives will outweigh the negatives. Ashifa discusses the importance of implementing change management correctly. I would say you have to get with, you know, the 21st century. Um, You know, the way that we did things before might have been okay, but with technology, the progression in business has been exponential, right, over the last little while. And, you know, there's, I remember reading an article and and just the, the technology curve, the way that it's going, if we don't keep up and we don't evolve and we don't start to integrate those partnerships where there is so much more innovation and agility to, to get to that next level quicker, I think those companies are going to be left behind. And so, do you want to take the risk of shaking it up and, and, and having a new partner and working through what that looks like? Or do you want to stay where you are and maybe not exist in a few years? So I think there's a risk on each side. You have to just weigh what's going to be most successful for you. I would say that companies would want to embrace the technology, but do the research. So look at your business, look at your business model, look at how things are set up today. What can you automate? What can, you know, what's going to bring you into the digital age? Where can you find efficiencies that frees up time so you can push your business forward? You know, what are you getting hung up on? What are your pain points? And then do the research. There's tons of companies out there that offer all kinds of solutions, but you have to do the work, right? And, And educate yourself, meet with them, have presentations, see what they can do for you. Does it make sense? And of course, there's going to be an output of cash for that. But what's your ROI? That's always going to be, you know, your your tipping point on whether or not that's going to be financially beneficial for you to partner with these companies and push your business forward. So I think it it's not about taking the risk to partner with these companies. It's actually taking a risk and not to partner with them. It's really important the experience that they have, you know, where have they been able to drive their solutions for the betterment of another client that they've worked with? What's their background? Um, do, do you feel they're credible enough to kind of pull it off, so to speak? Um, I also look for just that cultural fit as well, which I do with all partnerships is does this, 
does this company believe in the success of what we're trying to achieve? And for my company, it's everything is about our customer. At the end of the day, our customer needs to be happy. They need to have the goods and services that we provide work and have reliability. And are we partnered with companies that have that same vision and deem the same things as important? Because when you're aligned on what you want your end goal to be, that is one of the recipes for success. So if I feel, feel that there's a bit of a gap there, I may not be as inclined to partner with that company uh, unless I feel, you know, we're, we're, we're reaching for the same goal. Looking ahead to the future, Ashifa discusses what she believes the next few years in procurement will look like and what's sitting on the CPO agenda moving forward. I would say the future of procurement and taking it to the next level would be all around adopting a digital and global mindset. You know, with the exponential evolution of digitization and artificial intelligence in the workplace, along with how the pandemic changed the way we work, is going to drive a deeper play in the procurement world. Having exceptional skills will matter more than where you are physically located. Having a great network, both in your workplace and externally, will be a benefit. Having strong relationships with suppliers and a greater understanding of how the supply chain is changing. Procurement, ensuring they are an integral part of the business will be key in the success of any organization as challenges in the marketplace continue. You know, I try not to really have regrets, but I would say I would tell myself to have more confidence in my abilities. I find as you become more skilled and gain more experience, you, the confidence tends to build. Um, however, I would push myself to take a seat at the table earlier. I would continue to learn, fail fast, try again, take more risks, mentor more people, have more mentors, lead with empathy, and pay attention to how things can change around me in order to get ahead of it. I also don't know that I would change anything as I feel everything happened the way it did to get me where I am today. I work with amazing people. My CPO is a wonderful leader who I learn from every day. I get to mentor with an amazing SVP and treasurer at TELUS who is as smart as she is human. And most importantly, I'm grateful to be able to support myself and my daughter, which is why I do everything I do. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the CPO Strategy Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, make sure that you subscribe or like our social media pages so that you never miss an episode. I'll see you next time.